holidays are among us, and before we start the show, we would like to give a major thanks to all of you who helped make 2021 Sloppy Horror's best year ever. We couldn't have done it without you. So wherever you are on this giant rock that we call home floating in space, we hope you're happy, healthy, and safe. Because the characters we're discussing in today's movie, they're not. Not a happy holiday for these people. That movie is none other than Bob Clark's 1974 holiday slasher, Black Christmas. The premise to Black Christmas is so simple it's insulting, but it works very effectively. The 70s ended the free love generation. News stories became more grisly. Serial killers, assassinations, and kidnappings were pressing issues. So the birth of the slasher is no irony. It was bound to happen. Some horror fans point to Peeping Tom or Psycho to be the powder keg to kick off the slasher craze, but I and many others point to Black Christmas. Point of view shots, beautiful cast, and a lurking killer. It checks all the boxes. And so are we. Who said Ozark and I weren't festive? We're out here delivering holiday bangers week after week. So get ready, Tinseltown. We're about to kidnap the Santa Claus and ask him where the hoe's at. And give him our take on Black Christmas. Fact into Nacton. Every time I'm in Kroger and I pass the aisle, if I see it, boom, tough act into Nacton. Every time I say it, <laughs> I say it like that. I cannot say it like that. I have it in my drawer and I had fucking athlete's foot one time. Every time I pull it out, you want me to get some boom, tough act into Nacton? <laughs> and then the guy gets it and he sprays it right here on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start it, please. Boom! Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey, and back again for another week, clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, Mr. Ozark Mark. Mark, how goes it? It goes well. Good, man. I just got a new fucking haircut. Looking pretty fresh. Looking fresh. Yeah. Ready nothing, for the holidays. Nothing good like a good, nice, good haircut and a beard trim. To start your day, it's so much better when somebody else trims your beard for you and lines it up. Because mm-hmm. no matter how hard I try, I cannot get the fucking sideburns even. I can't get the fucking, my goatee is a different length every mm-hmm. time. I don't know how people do it by themselves. I don't get it. Honestly, I, don't get I, know, it. I feel like if I didn't have a good barber, I couldn't do it at all. Because I just retrace his lines until I fuck it up bad enough. And then I'm like, hey, I got to come in for a haircut. <laughs> and that's what happens. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Trace the lines. Yeah, back in grade school when you used to, yeah, mm-hmm. you know how it goes. But that that but you gotta like your after haircut phase. You know, for three days you're like, oh yeah, I still have a haircut. But at about day four, that's when you gotta come back in because that's when them stubbles start to fill in and you don't know where your lines are anymore. Dude, I have no idea. I don't even know I had lines because you know what my <laughs> indication of when I need to get a haircut is is when my neck hair. <laughs> connects to the back of my neck hair like it will connect once that connects you're like all right i gotta i gotta go you're you know, becoming gotta, a werewolf at yeah, that point i'm looking a little bit too hairy but i'm married so i don't really have to impress anybody anymore yeah you know but you know you still gotta look sexy you know to make yourself desirable but you know the haircut is down on the list nobody cares yeah I, if i don't cut my hair i look like drop dead fred okay i have issues so you I mean it, it'll turn into like a how often do you shave the bush Ah, you know. Are I you mean, a keeper-upper? Yeah, I keep up. I keep up. I let this shit go to a jungle sometimes. 
I mean, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes life just happens. And you just, you know, you just say, fuck it. Because I don't care. I don't care. Still going to use it. Still going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's the holidays, Mark. You got to. It is the holidays. You got to trim up a little. Christian Ramey, we are. Okay, hold on. It's on a Saturday. So this, technically this episode comes out Monday. So that is uh, like five days away from Christmas. Yes. Okay. So we are five days away from Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. So that means that we could only, only find it appropriate for Christian Ramey to pick this movie that we are going to topic of discussion today. What is it, Christian Ramey? We're talking none other than Bob Clark's Black Christmas. Don't be 19... racist. <laughs> Ninth... <laughs> talking about colored Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Black Christmas. It's honestly, in my heart of hearts, the true definition of what kicked off the slasher craze in America. Okay, we did have Psycho and Peeping Tom and movies like that that came out. Those were like a decade decade before. Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out the same year as this. And even as slasheristic as uh, Texas Chainsaw is, it still kind of has like a found footage documentary um, snuff film, dare I say, Texas Chainsaw does. Whereas... Black Christmas kind of leans more to our traditional slasher, you know, uh, point of view shots and um, kind of a hidden killer, uh, a whodunit, and uh, beautiful women. That's usually like kind of the lineup. And not saying Texas Chainsaw didn't hit on some of those points, but I really think Texas Chainsaw is its own thing. So I accredit, and many people do, Black Christmas being the start of the craze which led you know, really everybody else to fall in line. Because if you watch this, it's very much an American Jallo. Like, it, and as we just did Suspiria a few weeks ago, you could tell Bob Clark definitely, definitely watched a couple Jallos before making this. Um, yeah, it reminded me kind of like what you said. I, I was trying to put my finger on it when I was watching it because I've never seen this before. You always like to break my virginity here with the horror movies, and I appreciate that. So I've never, I've heard of Black Christmas. I think I heard about it mainly when the remake came out, which was like 2006, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think when the remake, which I've never watched that either, but I've heard about this. <clears throat> and yeah, watching this, I was like, this reminds me of like a Suspiria type feel, something I've seen before. So it very much does remind you of that. And people also, what do we always say? You know, put yourself in the year of when this movie came out. In that time frame in America, serial 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 killers were very prevalent. Girls were getting kidnapped, coming up missing off college campuses. Like things were very real at that time frame. And this was a real fear that people had. I mean, it's not that people don't now, it's just a little bit different of times. People don't hitchhike, people aren't as naive. <coughs> Excuse me. But with people being that afraid of killers or getting snatched up off the streets, you could see how this would really drive home, you know, to a college audience or to young girls at the drive-in. I mean, even guys as well, but this was a, a, a real fear. So if you haven't seen it, let us give you the synopsis as we always do. Not me, just you. 
pretty straightforward with this. There's we no have, we here. It's just you. Yes, yes, yes. So we got a college campus, and we have a sorority, a bunch of girls in there. They start getting weird phone calls, and then they start going up missing one by one. That's because we have a serial killer who lives in the attic, and he's been making prank calls to these people. Uh, I mean, more than prank calls. I mean, they're like scary, you know. They don't really say much except a bunch of crazy shit and noises, but uh, he's fucking with them. He's fucking with them. He's messing with them. And then he ends up killing pretty much all of them. But we do we do end up with the final girl. So pretty straightforward slasher. But what's really fun about this is you can see, A, how tense the country was at the time with that issue. You could tell because, honestly, for a slasher, I think this has some pretty decent acting in it. Like, as some people are recognized, some are not. But a lot of these people, or a lot of the girls, they look scared. Like, they really did look scared throughout a lot of it. Um, and I did like that. I like that kind of feel. Um, I thought the... Honestly, I'm going to tell you this right now. You knew who I had a crush on in this movie? Jess. No. Uh, Barb. No. Phil. Phil. You had a crush on Phil? I did, dude. It was something really? about the curly hair and the glasses. I saw something in there. I saw... And, you know, it was like one of those ones, it's one of those things, it's like the people you just can't quit looking at, and you're like, I can't I can't quit looking at her. Like, there's something about her. But I honestly think Phil was the, like, as a, she wasn't the lead character, but God damn it, she, like, could have won a supporting uh, horror movie cast uh, award for this because she really did carry a lot of it throughout. She she gave a good base baseline throughout this movie, an actual character. And I thought there was some character build in this because you do have to say, hey, this is 1974. It's not going to be the same, like the dialogue, things like that. People talk different. So you have to put yourself in those shoes. And if you do, in my opinion, I think they do um, They do a killer job. Has some great character building. I had a crush on Phil. I really did. I really did. She's old now, but I might have to for the one time. You know, hey, hey, lady. Think she still has an afro? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I looked her up. No, you did. <laughs> I looked her you up. Did. Yep. Yep. She's alive. She's alive and well, waiting to be a guest on the Sloppy Horror Podcast. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know what's really cool, though, Mark, is there's um, some of the, you know, obviously we always accredit or, or we always give props to Rob Zombie and his casting. But Margot Kidder that's in this, uh, she's the one that played the drunk Barb, right? Mm-hmm. You remember the Halloween 2 movie that uh, Rob Zombie did? Mm-hmm. The the psychiatrist? That's her. Oh, shit. Yeah, and no she way. she was also Lois Lane in like, all the old Superman movies with uh, Christopher Reeve. So yeah. she's a great actress. And that, uh, the main girl who played Jess, she was in It, like the miniseries. Wow. Yeah, played Bill's wife. Look so. at that shit. Boom. It's funny. Watch this for the first time. I could, I thought Barb was going to be the main character in The Final Girl. Just because they start off with her, she seems like the one that's on camera most, at the beginning at least. You want her to die, dude. She oh, is such a drunk sleut. Like, 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 not in a cool way. She's so annoying. Yeah. You're like, you're going to die. Yeah, then I started noticing it after they started developing the story with Jess and Peter that she's going to be the one. But uh, I th- thought initially, like the first ten minutes, it was gonna be Barb, and I was like, "Man, it's gonna suck." 
<laughs> I'm glad they killed Raw. <clears throat> I don't know how to say that guy's name. Kier Dula, or, or it's the guy who plays um, Peter. But he was in Space Odyssey 2001. He was in a bunch of old shit. I'll never forget, like, that guy's a great actor, but I don't know if you've ever seen Space Odyssey 2001, but, like, the computer ends up, like, talking to him, like, you know. But the, I just remembered throughout that whole thing, like, the end of that movie, that computer said, Dave, <laughs> like, talking to him the whole time, and that dude's face of just, like, and I'm like, where do I know this guy's fucking face? And I was watching, I was like, that's where, Space Odyssey. That's Dave, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So they got pretty. <coughs> one thing I do like the, uh, the way Black Christmas did is um, the POV shots of the of the killer guy. Yeah. And uh, but it's uh, it's not just the typical him just looking in the window like we're used to seeing. Like they do a full blown. He's climbing up the side of the house. They're watching. It's cool because you've always wondered, you know, in the killers, like how they get to this point. Mm-hmm. Like you see them outside, next thing you know, they're in the fucking living room or something. It's cool seeing how that process, how he gets there half the time. Like you see him go in the attic, you see him waiting there with the hook, yeah. for example, to kill. We'll get into that as far as the kills later. But it's cool seeing his POV shots from time to time to see what he's doing. Uh, it's more than any movie I've seen, I think. So yeah. it's cool seeing it from his perspective for. You know, it's a good change of things. Yeah, it's not like a slow cam. This dude's going nuts. No, he's he, going crazy. Yeah. And then, like, sometimes you see him freaking out. Yeah. He ends up freaking out. And what's pretty wild, um, obviously, I think uh, we all know, you know, like the old myth in the movies of, like, you got to keep the person on the line for this many minutes so we can track the phone call. Apparently, that's full of shit. Like, you could do it instantaneously. Well, maybe now. No, but like back then they back said. Back then you said you could? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Apparently that's I'm always been like that. a myth. Because I'm wondering that because this man had to go through, I don't know how many lines. This shit is like a never, like the size, okay, let's compare it to like the size of an Amazon warehouse. Okay, yeah. Now, of all these phone lines, I was like, how in the fuck do you try, now what is going on? Operator, there's still an operator somewhere, like- I didn't. I, I good because if it was that difficult to trace a call back then, like why would you even try it? Like yeah, a, apparently it was. That's all farce. Apparently it's all horse shit. It's just for the movies, and it, it makes for good movie. Like, but it's in like every movie, like yeah. every movie, like where there's a ransom. It's like keep them on the line, and like you know why, so we can trace them. Like it's like instinctual. You know that, but for for no reason. I guess, I guess it builds suspense. Well, it builds suspense, I guess, because, I mean, that's, like, the whole point. That's what leads up to it is they finally trace the call and discover that he's calling from inside the house. I feel fucking lied to. So, you know, you trace the call instantly. The movie's over for 40 minutes earlier. That was, like, a big deal. So I see why they do that and try to build suspense off it, you know what I mean? But that <laughs> tracing the call was intense. I'm like, this guy, jo- this guy's job sucks. And you know what pissed me <laughs> off about it? Yeah. Is they made his character named Graham. You're like, God damn it. Like, just uh, Graham Bell answering the phone here. Shut the fuck up. Like, this guy's <laughs> name's Graham, the guy that works at the telephone. All right. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. Which made it funny. Now... This isn't a what-do-you-know fact, because this is a pretty common fact that some people do and do not know, but it's not as... I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put it for that, because I just want to keep this out in the open. Bob Clark, the guy who made this movie, is the same guy who made A Christmas Story, 
He made it like a decade later. So two different types of fucking movies no here. No way. Yeah. Wow. So this guy loves Christmas. Christmas story is big. I know. From where we get. I mean, it will run 24 hours oh, on yeah. a channel on TBS, you know, every Christmas. Um, it's And what a classic. But if you go back and look at the lighting and some of the shots, it definitely has some similarities. Like the movie's nowhere near similar, but like the lighting, the way that the yeah. the, the camera rolls – you could definitely see it's a Bob Clark movie. It definitely. You know what? I, I, now that I'm visioning them side by side in my head, you're you're very much right. And here's another thing too. About. He capitalized just on the term. <laughs> he capitalized just on the term Christmas, and he was just like, "Fuck yeah!" I don't know if he went for the. I I don't want to break people's hearts and say he did the same thing with the Christmas story. He's just like, "Hey, we can hit a banger if we name it Christmas." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can make a fuckload of money. So. Why do you think people make Christmas albums? Exactly. Okay. Well, that's why John Carpenter followed up four years later with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, and you saw a, a couple slew, like of uh, My Bloody Valentine or like um, uh, April Fool's Day, uh, things of that nature. You're kind of surprised you didn't see more people hop on that gravy train, so to speak, of just like, I mean, why did we make Black Easter, Black Fourth of July? You know, that you could have really, at that time frame, you could have yeah, sold it. Work. You... Black Christmas is Christmas is supposed to be a happy time. Okay. 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 You add murder to it. It's like, you know, peanut butter. It's I'm not like peanut butter and jelly. I don't peanut know. butter and salsa. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ew. 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 <laughs> not good. No, but it's two opposite it's two opposite things and it's a shock value just the fact that you're having murder on Christmas time. Like that's not that's the opposite of what anybody thinks of when they think Christmas time. Yeah, and I, I think that's pretty incredible for um, just somebody to make that switch. So I didn't want to make that a what do you know fact because I was like, man, we're gonna I, I can keep coming back to that. And Bob Clark, thumbs up, dog. You really helped set off the slasher craze here. And what a time to be alive back then to be able to go to like a drive-in theater and see these kind of movies. I like drive-ins. Uh, and, and, you know, take your chick or go, I mean, honestly, leave her at home and then go watch these movies. And that would be so sick. If I had drive-ins, like I would leave my house probably a lot more. Like if they were still relevant, I know we got one that's like an hour away from us, but like if I had one that's like 10 minutes away, dude, and they're like, tonight they're playing, you know, House of Frankenstein. You're like, what? Okay. I'm on the way. How much? $7? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Drive-ins were fun, man. It's a thing to do. Yeah, so this Something is... Something to do. What what a time, like, for, I don't know, horror movies to really get a kick. And, I mean, if it wasn't for Black Christmas, we probably wouldn't have some of the ones that um, followed, like, a decade later, even into, like, the Elm Street and all these movies. So this really was successful and helped. And a lot of people still talk about this movie for being so old and such a random little slasher movie. It is a random slasher movie. I get it. I could I definitely see why people have fears of their attic. Mhm. Probably so because of this movie. Like if you have an attic that somebody can stand up in, mhm. After you watch this movie, you're probably not going to like your attic for a couple weeks. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I thought it was funny too just like the trope in all the movies where the girl will go up in the attic and check it out. It's like, that's never happening. No. Like, that will never happen. My girl will never go up in the attic and check some shit out. She would m- most definitely make me do it. Oh, yeah. No way she's going up there. No. Like, no way. 
Uh, who is the den mother's name? Uh, uh, I think her name was Barbara, too, but I forget her last name. Anyway, she was cracking me up with her hiding all of her bottles all over the house. <laughs> she had booze everywhere. She had booze, in a, <laughs> she had booze in a book, and then she has it in a toilet with a string attached to it, like washing her mouth out with it, like, bitch. And books, yeah, cut out books, all types of shit. Yeah, but she, uh, <laughs> how she got her demise, man, was... Her kill was pretty cool. Um, you know, she hears the cat finally, and apparently the cat's up in the attic <laughs> somehow, some way. Got up in the attic. So she goes over there, and the killer guy's like sitting there holding this fucking some kind of hook that does not belong in an attic whatsoever. Right. Like, it's this like looks some... like it could like tow a piano. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it does, though. It's a huge ass hook. And she, he just launches it and fucking gets her right in there and just pulls her up. Oh, it's a really cool kill. It's a great kill. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a, That was a lot of fun because she goes up there. What uh, what happens is a girl goes missing at first. So this killer guy gets a girl first, and he keeps her up in the fucking attic. And the police obviously have been called, but these people don't know she's in the attic, and this dude's up in the attic. So why this girl's been missing... And then, you know, everybody's freaking out and on edge. And then after that is when that dead mother goes upstairs and sees her up in the attic. And she sees her, sees the dead girl. And then when she turns, she sees old boy with that hook. And it's like, I don't know about you. I would have fireman my way out of that. I oh, I would have like, just let go instantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm out, ran. Of here. I'm out of here. As soon as I saw something that looked like a dead body, but gone. See you. Yeah, no. she took an awfully long time. Yeah, but it's a horror movie, so that's what you got to expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first kill on Claire, who's the first girl that gets it. Oh, uh, yeah. That's quite a kill. She gets strangled in a plastic bag. And he even keeps the plastic bag on her. Yeah. <laughs> like, to make it even more eerie. And puts, it, and puts her up in the attic in a rocking chair and just rocks her. I guess he makes her his new mom or something i don't know the thing i did the thing that sucks about this movie and the 1974 one at least is you really don't get too much backstory on the killer and why he's doing the things that he does Mm -hmm. but that's okay it's 1974 you probably it's a slasher you really don't need that much but Mm -hmm. it it does spark your interest and he kind of leaves you wondering like why is this dude doing this why is he fucked up what happened to him i know i think though i think the remake touches on that a little bit more i don't know i haven't seen it but i would assume it would so this might be a case here's here's the thing mark like back then it was very like you know like michael myers who is he like they wanted ambiguity like they wanted to leave it on a question mark but as kids who grew up you know late 80s early 90s and we're used to our killers with a lot of backstory and like we know what happened to jason we know what happened to michael and freddie and like we know their shit so it feels so abnormal to have one without even a little bit of story because even like the burning you remember with cropsy what a crazy long story but you got it they burned him and now he's pissed like it was just enough for you to know yeah (laughs) you need some sort of but there's like nothing he just shows up at the house he climbs up in the attic, and he murders you. He does, And dude. he makes weird phone calls, and I guess they try to do it for through the phone calls because the phone calls are very weird. But he talks about Billy and Angel and Mommy or whatever it is. So obviously he was abused at some point, or this guy's a fucking psycho, but, you know, I don't know. He's a weirdo. Very fucking weirdo. He's a fucking strange guy. Weirdo, huh? 
Real weirdo, huh? <laughs> What's a party thing like you do working? <laughs> Gotta be out partying. <laughs> I love that guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's that, but yeah, I, I wish we got a little bit of more backstory on, but that that's okay. You really don't need it. Um, yep, I wish we and instead of like, I would have traded or I would have kept not having a backstory if we could have just saw him. Like it didn't have to be his full face. I wanted to see his outfit. I wanted to like, you know what I mean? Like you didn't really fully see him. Yeah, I think uh, they were talking about uh, there was an argument in the script where originally. Uh, somebody wanted to show the killer, um, mm-hmm. but I think the director Bob Clark says no. We're not. We're going to keep it mysterious. I think that's. I, I think that's what it was. I don't know. It was a quick read for me, and I'm a very forgivable person. But like, even in like the first of like you know, say Nightmare on Elm Street, you see Freddy, but he's like very hidden in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers, same kind of thing. But like, it was still there. It was still something. So I would have. It would have been nice to have a little bit more. But there's a lot of slashers like this within the 80s that kind of end up doing this. There's like uh, House on Sorority Row, um, Final Exam. Like there's so many of these like random one-off uh, like kind of slasher movies that like would have been deserving of sequels or a little backstory. Even The Burning with Cropsey. That could have definitely had a part two. Like that was successful enough that you could have brought that back and people would have liked that. I fuck, I would have watched it. That Raph scene alone would have brought me back for another one. Yeah. Like so I I don't know, man. Black Christmas is definitely unique in that and Billy is what they end up, you know, is what they call him because he just says it so many times. Yeah, and it could be a thing where they didn't show him just because it was I'm sure it was very low budget. Yeah. I think it was low budget, so I mean, you know, sometimes you got to have three separate people maybe playing the character. Which it's okay. Um, I get that. But they reveal a little bit. You see, like, his eye shot in the door is really cool. I do like that. That's a cool little shot there. When so, But before it happens is, so later, to, you know, towards the end of the movie, it's just just there. And pretty much everybody else is dead at this point. <clears throat> but she doesn't know. So the cops finally found the trace of the call. And they tell her, it's like, you know, call her and tell her to just walk out the front door. <laughs> Okay, that's all you got to tell her. Don't tell her anything else. And, of course, they call her, and she goes, all right, well, I'm going to go get Barb and Phil. She's like, He's like, no, no, just go outside. Listen to me. And she's like, listen to me. And then she's like, no, I'm going to go. But, and then she starts just like, all right, we traced the call. He's in the house. You got to get the fuck out of the house. So she sees that, and then she starts screaming their two names, and they don't answer. So that should have been clue clue enough that your friends are fucking dead and you need to get out there. But this is a horror movie, so let's grab a fire poker and try <laughs> and try to take care of it ourselves because that's going to fucking save you. No, but then she goes she up She went out for vengeance, dog. She's like, fuck this dude. Like, yeah, I was not expecting that at all. No. I thought he was going to come and get her right when she heard the call but no she's her stupid ass goes up there but then you get the door shot because then she finds uh barb and phil dead on the bed and then he's just sitting there like look what you made me do whispering some stuff but this eye shot through the door that's the most you see of him i think actually no you see like a corner of his face yeah basically you see an outline black of him in his eye i think that's the most you see of him you know who was said to like this movie ted bundy he said he liked this movie. Ain't that a coinky dink? 
That's pretty fucking interesting. It is. It's It's like, you know, it's just things I happen to know. Well, do you know anything else? I guess. Welcome to the What Do You Know Here. This is the segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie. Now, if you don't want, don't know what we know, you're about to find out what we know, and then we're going to know together, and we're going to have a weird orgasm. But if you know what we know, you're about to find out what we know anyway, then we're going to know together, and then everybody fucking knows, and then we all get off at the same time here. There's going to be a lot of sticky socks. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, why don't you... Start off and tell me something that you may or may not know about this movie, Colored Christmas, 1974. <laughs> so here's some stuff I know. Tell me, please. Here's some stuff I know. This is kind of sad, but... Oh, way to bring the mood down. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do here? <clears throat> Lieutenant Fuller, the guy who played, you know, played him, John Saxon... All us horror people know him from A Nightmare on Elm Street. He played Nancy's dad. He's been in all kind of stuff. He's a great actor. Everybody loves him. Well, he wasn't the original choice. Nope, he was not. Of course he wasn't. So, originally they had Edmund O'Brien. And this guy's a classic actor, film director guy. He'd worked with Cagney and all these people. Like, old school day, golden age of Hollywood, right? So, he initially had the part, but... He started to show some Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's signs to, uh, you know, the director, Bob. And it got really sad. And they said, you know, I don't think he's going to be up for this role. But they had to fire him and pretty much tell him, like, hey. You're you're, old. Yeah, you're losing your shit, bud. But John Saxon killed it. And, I mean, I'm sure this movie could have worked with the other actor. But uh, John Saxon's great. And I like him a whole bunch. So It would have worked. Well, you know. Not too bad here. What do I know? I'll tell you something that I know about this movie here. So check it out. So there's multiple points in this movie where they're getting creepy phone calls from the Billy guy. Mm -hmm. You want to know how he made those phone calls? How? Well, first of all, they they, they mashed them up. They did like a bunch of them over top of each other. That's why he can do it so well. Okay. But anyway, that's a little tidbit for your ass there. But the main fact is, this son of a bitch did the calls upside down. This motherfucker was literally upside down. Okay? Okay. Does my voice sound creepier? I don't know, but I'm upside down right now. But what he did... But you can tell, he he did it upside down, like hanging upside down on monkey bars, swear to God, to make these voices to make him sound creepier, because you can't do all these effects that you can now, you have to do it straight up, like that's his voice. And I can see why that makes your voice creepier, because you know, you're upside down, you got all this blood rushing to your head, you got all this shit out, you're gonna fucking sound like that, you're gonna sound a lot it's creepier. It's all kind of strain Yeah, up it's there. all kind of strain up there, so it makes you sound different, and you make a voice like that, hey, what a wax, hey. He's good, coming right for us. Good for you, pal, because that was fucking intense there. That was fucking intense there. But anyway, that's what I know about this movie here. You know anything else about this movie here? Look here. Huh? I don't know something else about this movie. Okay. Look here. What What do we always talk about? We end up always talking about weather on here and how we have weather in our movies. And sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not. We covered the thing last week. Real, Real snow. snow. Black Christmas, fake snow. It looked fake. Yep. Yep. And they were in, like, Toronto. Like, I mean, this is a, a Canadian movie. So they, you know, 
this is one of their horror pictures. And they didn't have snow. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's wild. I thought it snowed every day up there. You would think so, but it's not. They play hockey up there a lot. Yeah. You'd think they've had snow, but there's no snow. It's fake snow. Mmm. Man. Wow. That's a lot of facts. That's good stuff that's there. That's great stuff there. You know a little now bit you, more. How do you, 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 endlessly. The facts are endless here, but we're just here to tell you something that you may or may not know. So, you know. Breaking it down. With, yeah. What, what you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, are you sure that that's all the facts that you know about Black Christmas 1974? I think so. Okay, that's pretty good then. I think we can leave it at that. Just like that, we're back, baby. Incredible. In Incredible. How long do you think you could hide in an attic before somebody fucking found you? Depends on how creaky it is. And I mean, that house had to be creaky. That motherfucker must have not moved or something. Well, that was a pretty sturdy attic. Because, you know, all when something's in your attic, you hear it. You know it. You know. There's somebody walking in your attic. You could be in the basement, dog, and you can hear somebody stomping around in the attic. Then maybe they just thought it was Santa. Could have been, or all these broads were too loud, and they can't hear anything. I don't know. I'm going to go with the latter. That sounds probably like the answer. Yep, you are correct. You are. Co- you said it. I didn't say it, but I agree with well, you. Well, I can say whatever I want here, but, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's kind of... <laughs> but it is weird. I, I don't know. He's stomping but up there trying to get him to notice. Someone notice me! That's why do you think that's that's why he had to make phone calls because nobody heard him up there making a racket. He was up there losing his shit, knocking over bird cages, killing people, rocking a rocking chair in an attic. Like that is going to make some noise, dog. But he had to fucking. He just hop wanted down. some sleep. Shut up! I know. <laughs> Everybody got that. But it's weird though, because you hear about. There have been some stories where homeless people are been getting up in people's attic, and when they leave, they'll like you see him like they put in nest cameras, and he like comes down and like eats food out of the fridge and shit, and goes back up. Been living up there for like months, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But those are real stories about it. But I'm talking 1974 in an old ass fucking sorority house. You're hearing somebody walk up there, dog. Okay. Yeah, man. You're hearing somebody walk up there. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you just maybe deserve it. I guess so. You just maybe deserve it. Tell me when that kid, when that dude wasn't Santa Claus and didn't crack you up. <laughs> it was. <laughs> there were quite a few parts in this movie that cracked me I up. I feel like that would be me as a Santa's. Yeah, what time the little bastards get? (laughs) (laughs) And he's just bitching the whole time, cussing (laughs) while he's Santa. It's hilarious. Some of those little bastards get here. (laughs) That's so funny, man. I thought it was funny too because they bring this old dude in and they were like, "Yeah, he shot at the police. Uh, You know, he shot at one of our guys." He's like, "And I'll do it again if you trespass on my land." And he says, "Next time, it's up your ass." Sideways. (laughs) (laughs) So mad. Oh shit. That guy's full of piss and vinegar, just angry as shit. Oh, yeah. Some of those characters are funny. I thought Peter was really funny because he was like this weird artist and like his little weird piano session. You're like, this doesn't sound too good. 
Dude, he was sweating like a motherfucker. Like, he was about to have a seizure playing that piano, and he wasn't playing it good. No, it was, like, weird shit. But I tell you what, I am jealous because he has a scene where he gets angry that he just bombed because (laughs) Jess Jess came in and dropped the prego bomb on him before he's in this little recital that he's been trying to do for years and years and years, which is his fault. You know what I mean? You come to dinner, you made a baby. That's your fault. You got to deal with it. Look what you done But they always do pick the worst time to tell you. Most of the time, yeah. But you know what? You it's 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 emotions. You can't help them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after that, he just destroys this piano. He gets to destroy this piano. That he, looks a little satisfying. I'm it not does look lie. a little sad. How many times have you looked at the piano and be like, I really want to smash this goddamn thing? But Dude, he gets to. I get that urge. Like when you walk in the mall, or like I mean, there are not many of those anymore. But like when you walk by a display that's just too nice, it's like, dude, make one thing crooked so my brain doesn't want to fucking wreck it. Like, dude, because you want to. You're like, ah. Did you see the story of a homeless guy burning down the Fox Christmas tree outside of Fox headquarters in New York? <laughs> no. He straight and lit it on fire. And the it big was, one? Yeah, and it was engulfed in flames. No, it was just the Fox station, not okay. the center one that everybody okay. in New York. The Rockefeller know. Square yeah, one? Yeah, not that. I don't know. It was the Fox News thing, I think they said, but it was engulfed in flames. And I was like, that's satisfying as shit. Like, I wish it I is. could light. I hope that she, well, she doesn't get real Christmas trees anymore. One year, I got to throw the Christmas tree away early, and that's so more satisfying. But I would definitely ignite it with the Christmas decorations. Have you heard of those, like, rage rooms where you could just go and just break shit? That seems a lot of fun. It does. Breaking stuff is one of my funnest things, and I'm really good at it, too. Yeah, dude. Like, if especially... I'm really good at breaking things. That's kind of when you know you're a psycho when you're, like, breaking inanimate objects. Like, do the thing you're fucking supposed to! You're smashing the toaster. You're like... (laughs) like, That's funny. I I, I do demo... I don't know what I'm doing, I guess, because we were redoing, like, our half bath when we first owned a house. And, mm-hmm. like, we ripped up the tile, but we had to try and – there was tile underneath it. So mm-hmm. we were just trying to get rid of the tile. And they were trying to, like, chip away at it, and I was getting aggravated. I was like, give me this. So I start hamming this down. I'm getting everything out. And they got mad because I got down to the grout, and I started breaking the grout up, which I wasn't supposed to do. So I just took it all the way down to boards. <laughs> and, they, and they were pissed. They're like, god damn it. So like, sorry, man. I'm just too good at demo. You know what I mean? It's just fun, man. It, it is, is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand dude's rage up in the attic a little bit. Absolutely. Do you have a what's your I'm a, what's your favorite part of this movie, Christian Remy? Okay, so if I have to say my favorite part of Black Christmas, I'm gonna go with Barb's death. Very Jollo-ish. Um, they used that like crystal uh, unicorn thing. Yeah. I don't know why crystal was so popular in the '70s, especially into murder, but very Argento-esque. And um, he picked it up, and he just, like, stabbed the shit out of her while she was sleeping. Like, stabbed the shit out of her. And it was kind of some cool, like, a cool death montage. I really enjoyed that. That, like, part really sticks out in my head a lot. Um, I do like the the hook swing, but I'm probably going to have to go with the the Crystal Unicorn uh, stab right through Barb. What about you? You got something that's standing out to you? Um, yeah, I do. It's weirdly enough, it's the, it's the ending, ending scene. I like, it. it's, it's very eerie and it's very creepy. It's the like ending, the pan out? It's the pan out of the house when you finally see that, you know, she obviously, she kills Peter because she thinks Peter's Billy or whatever, but you, uh, you get the pan out of him still up in the attic 
starts out with her Claire still bag on her head just sitting there mm-hmm. in the window and she's very visible from the street yeah she's very visible and just pans out slowly and then the phone starts ringing again and then the credits roll mm-hmm. right, that's a really cool way to end that yeah no be. answers no just answers <laughs> just like it's gonna it's who's next like wait for him to come down like he's still up there but i like to pan out the fact that it was very eerie that you could see a dead body with a bag on its head clearly it's like nobody goes up there who's not how do you have murders in a house you don't look in the attic like nobody's looking in the attic it's just plain as day it's like the thing back in american psycho no matter what he does yeah nobody's gonna figure it out Yep, it's just he's like just he's fine. trying to be caught. He is. <laughs> you know, like... He really is trying to be caught, but he can't. He even put the dead body in the window for everybody to see. He just wanted a little recognition, man. I guess so, but he can't get it. Girls are too loud. They are too loud. That's why he has to make goddamn phone calls. He did, man. He did. It's just the way it breaks down. Wow. Did you have a favorite character? I definitely am going Phil for me. I'm definitely saying Phil. I think why she was. You, why wouldn't you pick Phil? She not like not to mention. I thought she was kind of cute, but I think the um, she built a lot of the story, and she was like uh, like the rational one. Even though like Barb was drunk and being crazy, she told her to go to bed, but she wasn't like being a bitch about it. She was just concerned, you know. There was the watch party for that missing little girl in town, and she was there like all night, like. She's just like a solid character. She was a solid character, man. You're going with Billy or Peter. I think I think uh, Mark likes Peter. I could see Peter busting up the piano. Oh, Peter's definitely funny. I just didn't like the fucking way Peter looked. You know how some people you just look at them? <laughs> yeah, you're and you just like... don't like the way they fucking look. Like, I automatically don't like you. Oh, it's Simon, not Peter. Simon I liked Nash. I honestly liked Nash. He cracked me up. <laughs> the the shitty cop. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just horrible at what he does. He keeps fucking up, especially the fellatio <laughs> yeah. moment when he comes in. And they, he didn't know what it meant. He didn't know what it meant. He's like, yeah, F-A, fellatio, that's a new number. And they're both just cracking up at him. He's like, something dirty, isn't it? and it's funny because he, he was the one that has to make the call, like I said before, to Jess to tell her to get out of the house. <laughs> and he's like, Nash, if you fuck this up, I'll kill you. And what does he do? <laughs> he, he fucks, fucks it, it up. <laughs> yeah, he's in the house. <laughs> Way to go, you idiot. You've ruined it for everybody. That was great, man. John Saxon, he died, He he passed away too, but he was a great fucking actor, man. He was. He was very good. Probably really, one of the best ones in it. He's probably, he probably would... going to give you some good points on casting. He's, like, up there, like, you remember how we were talking, your grandma's got, like, a poster room with Gregory Peck up there? That's right next to her John Saxon poster. Like, grandmas love him. Like, I think Clue Gallagher would be up there, too, the dude from, uh, get a hold of yourself, Bert. <laughs> Return of the, you know, Return of the Living Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. These old school, like, stoic gentlemen, just like, look here, I'm the police officer, I'm gonna take care of everything. You're like, you believe him? Is he seems like he's fifty, but that guy's like our age. John Saxon's our age in that movie, yeah. and he he feels fifty five years old. You're like, how are you so serious, dog? Like, dudes back there, like Gregory Peck when he was twenty, probably seemed like he was forty seven. 
<laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you trust that dude to, like, let you, like, like, no matter what. He'd be, we're going to go over here and we're going to be safe. You're going to be like, all right, okay, yeah, he's got a plan. And you're like, dude, we're older than this guy. Fuck him. And you're like, I don't know if we are. What did I say? Everybody over here. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> I trust him. He makes me feel safe. <laughs> them old dudes, they just had them old stoic qualities. I know, man. Back when men were men, I suppose. I liked him a lot in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, even though he was great in the first one. But in the third one, he was like a drunk because Freddie killed his wife. And, like, you know, he came back for the last hurrah to help his daughter. And he had that cool, like, graveyard scene where he was burying Freddie's bones. That was fun. Like, for a serious old-school stoic actor to, like, take that and be like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I need to check. I'll do it. But, like, treat it with some seriousness. I don't know. That's kind of cool. That's what I enjoyed. That is really cool. That's what I like. That's what I like. You know what else I like, Christian Ramey? I like it when you tell me if this is a good horror movie or not with your little rating system. my goodness oh my goodness ladies and gentlemen welcome to the one and only certified sloppy horror podcast rating this is the segment of the show where christian ramey your horror nerd your sloppy horror podcast host he's going to use his horror knowledge to rate this movie now keep in mind once again you already know already but this is your first time here we're going to rate this movie on a horror movie basis not as a movie in general so keep that in mind Mm mm-hmm so, we're going to do this as a series of four categories. Three categories worth three points. Last category is worth 1.4. A total of 10 points altogether. That's very right. So, what we're going to do here is we're going to go on to the first category. Which is? Sorry. got a, It got away from me there. I'm going to start over. First, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the first category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so I've I've done some pondering on this. This isn't a three. This is not a three. But I'm going to feel very comfortable giving this movie a two um, because there was enough people in the right places for it to be cohesive. There were a few moments where you're like, okay, this is like not campy, but maybe a little tongue-in-cheek, um, tad bit of overacting in certain parts of it. So I thought a lot of people, like we just said, John Saxon, uh, a few of the girls, they all played well together. Enough for me to give this a solid two and not feel bad about it. Definitely a two. It's not amateur acting. I wouldn't say it's amateur by any means. If I gave it a one, I would, that feels too low. Too low. I thought the girls were really friends. The girls did seem like friends more so than Suspiria. You know what I mean? Like, more so than that. Yeah. So I'm going two on that. And then, like, even her boy, what was her boyfriend? Uh, the guy's name was Chris, I think. The hockey dude? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that guy was a great actor. I thought he did well. Everybody just came in and shit on Nash at this station. Like, hey, <laughs> when you let this piece of shit, you know, they were just talking shit to him. That guy was <coughs> eating it the whole movie. But yeah, I, I think I think it's good acting for 1974, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, man. Um, even though it's a lot of, there's some, most of them are no names, but you got a couple in there. You mm-hmm. got to do add a handful in there, but two is a solid score. Okay, so that's two. So we got two points so far. Let's go on to the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is kills. So kills, 
I've also done some pondering on this, and I feel comfortable at a one and a half because there is a few different varieties, but not necessarily a whole lot. I feel like it's uh, just enough where you're not feeling insulted throughout the horror movie, but it probably could have used a little more. So there's four total, right? There is Claire, there's the Den Mother, mm-hmm. there is Barb, Barb and Phil, but we don't see those. Yeah, well, we, we see Barb, but we don't see Phil. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Peter mm-hmm. gets killed by Jess, right? Yeah. Okay. But I think with that nice little meat hook swing there, the uh, keeping the body around uh, with the with Claire, I thought that was kind of a frightening scene. Like you hear something in your closet, and you know, I, I could see that still freaking some girls out. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of a powerful kill. Um, I feel comfortable right at one and a half. Nothing crazy, but still something, still something where you'll you'll remember. Sure. Okay. All right. So it's three and a half out of ten so far here. Let's go into the third and final three-point category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. Mark's losing it over there. Mark, I'm telling you. I'm not losing it at all, dude. I'm here. Mark became the thing last week, I think, and I don't know if it's actually Ozark or not. He's just... um, So for fear, I'm still going to give this... A two. I'm going to give this a two. (laughs) Oh, my God. Only people on YouTube is going to figure out what the hell just happened there. So you're going to give it a two for fear? Yes. Why are you going to give it a two for fear? Please tell me. I'm going to give it a two for fear because home invasion is still pretty creepy for folks. People don't like that. That still carries on. That's transcendent to, like, whatever year you're in. I don't care if if you're in a, a, a TP if you're in a, a European castle, intruders are always scary. I don't care where you live or what's going on. So home invasion is scary. The vulnerability of the girls, somebody's daughters, because if you're in college, you're, you're like still daughter. Like I'm not saying like you're not an adult like and you can't make your own decisions. I'm just saying like you're still youthful and like – it's almost when you're watching, you know, you, you feel vulnerable for them because you're like, dude, that's some dude coming after it. So it's like not like he's a dude in a fraternity house. That would be a different movie. You know, if he was in a fraternity house, it's like, well, somebody's going to fuck this dude up. Somebody's going to find him and beat his ass. But he's taking on all these vulnerable women. So I think women can still – women love this movie. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, most of the fans that I see of this movie are all girls. Not saying dudes don't like it, but there is a strong female following for That's this movie. That's because it's the power of Christmas. These broads. <laughs> these broads love Christmas. Yep. Christmas movie. I have, like, three Christmas movies I'll fuck with. Mm-hmm. Well, this one counts as one now, so four. But I'm talking about just, like, strictly Christmas. But I'll ask you that later. Okay. But yeah, I think a two is a very two's very good. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of an unrealistic kind of a home invasion thing, but it's still a home invasion, right? And, and, and I and think you, the suspense was good. Yeah, the suspense was good, especially not know, knowing that he's up there, but you never really see him really. Mm-hmm. So that creates fear there too. So that's good. So that is five and a half out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast. Rain. Let's go on to the final. One point category, which is do we fucks with this movie for half a point each? So I'm going to ask Christian Ramey. Christian Ramey, do you fuck with this movie, uh, Black Christmas, 1974? 
Black Christmas is not my favorite slasher of all time. I don't think I'd put it in my top five favorite slashers, to be honest with you. But I do indefinitely fuck with it. I do enjoy this movie, and I appreciate everything it's done for the genre. So I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now it's on to you, Ozark Mark, because I think we're at six points altogether. We're at six. <laughs> we are at six points altogether. Um, the, again, I'll, I'll agree with you. This isn't my favorite. Um, it is kind of it's it's kind of slow going for me. There's a lot of things unanswered, which is okay. I understand it. That's what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I rather watch this over maybe you know Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> over the stupid uh, Rudolph claymation, stupid any cartoon on Christmas, god awful Hallmark stupid, movies. Yeah, any of that, I rather watch this at. So you know, it's 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 cool. I can add it to my Christmas watch list. I'll fuck with it. So that is six and a half out of ten here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. And so that's that solid six point five for Black Christmas nineteen seventy four. So that's pretty solid for a nineteen seventy four movie. I think so too, man. As a horror movie in general. So that's pretty good. Especially for a Jalo type feel. I mean, you can only get so much when you make these Jalo type feels. It's still watchable. Still very, very watchable. Like if you can I think we're very beneficial for the time frame that we're born and you and I kind of have a taste for older things, but you've always been a person that can watch an older movie and like really like you can be at home watching Uncle Buck laughing your ass off, you know, because John Candy is funny as shit. And it, like you're not going to like skip a beat, whereas some folks really have a hard problem with that, and especially the younger generation. But just seeing the way the old folks talk and like you just remember that time before Internet, really, <laughs> where it's Dude, like. That's, speaking of that, man, it's 1970. I love how the 70s, how they didn't give a fucking shit about what was on the screen. Like, I want to lick your pink cunt. <laughs> Like, what the fuck did he just say? Juicy like, God damn. Cock. Juicy. What's a juicy cock on your cunt? Like, holy fuck, man. Cunt is such a fucking funny word, and uh, it sucks. It is. it's such a funny word, but with obviously it's, it's, it's bad. You know what I mean? So you can't say it, but. You know what I kind of got with those phone calls? Because you know, we've discussed this movie, but the movie that came out a year before this, The Exorcist. Those phone calls, I got very much Reagan voice vibes in there sometimes, just like some like kind of like oh, weird. Yeah. It definitely had to inspire it for some. There's definitely some inspiration coming from that for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. And which is cool. I mean, obviously, certain movies are such big home runs that they kind of influence the rest to come out after that. I mean, music's the same oh, way. Yeah, it's like, the same way with anything. Same thing with movies, books, mm-hmm. music, anything. It's fashion. Yeah, everything. Something gets a trend. Some one thing. One thing's a grand slam, and everybody tries to hit their home run after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? What a smart guy too to fucking really capitalize on the Christmas. Just oh, like, yeah, sure. Like even if it was, it, it most definitely did better for the fact that it was Black Christmas. Because even if it was like, um. Uh, red snow or something like it wouldn't still wouldn't have had the it wouldn't have worked no you know, it like, wouldn't have, there's already movies like that there's red snow and there's all kinds of things yeah like, like you don't i holiday massacre or some shit no it's like black christmas like oh like everybody knows the word christmas it automatically comes into your brain and fucking mm-hmm. creates interest even if you like christmas or you don't like christmas it's a powerful word 
And for the folks who don't like Christmas, it's a it's a nice little yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like you know what? If you want to have a little apathy towards Christmas, you can do it in spirit with this movie. Yes, you can. But before you do that, you got to know who you're watching it with and who to show it to, right? Yeah. Hit the motherfucking music. I missed you, Mister. Mister, Mister Rosak. Tell him if you're old enough How old? To watch that scary stuff you know, For the parents who give up Yeah Yeah Hey baby What's up? You're here And Freshers we're here turn. Right So we're here to the Ozark Marks Parental Guidance What do I do here, Christian Ramey? What's the purpose of this? Look, you gotta folks. introduce it like I introduce your segments, you asshole I know, well you stole the show you always take it because you're used to leading the segments. So, folks, we're a little um, warped, some of us horror fans are, and we don't know exactly what age you're supposed to watch horror flicks. And I probably am not the best judge of that because I, I might mess your kids up. Whereas Ozark Mark doesn't have kids, and he's the perfect answer because he might have to babysit a kid at one time. And you know that responsibility of having someone else's child in your care and you don't want to mess them up. So if you got a kid and you're watching Black Christmas, what age do you think you can say, you know what, this is okay. You can watch this. Well, it's interesting because we have some sexual references. Mm Mm-hmm. Or sexual situations, I guess you could say, with like the stuff on the scene on the walls. Mm-hmm. Or talking about turtles fucking. Hey, real quick, did you see that Aries poster, by the way, in this yes, movie? I that did. was dope, man. It was yeah. dope, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, there was that there, but there's no there's no sex scenes. Um there is some crazy language at some points, but it's fucking language, who gives a shit about that. Um I feel like something that I feel teenagers. Like it, uh, yeah, I feel like it's like TV. I feel like it has the same things that you see that's in TV fourteen or something. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with fourteen. Yeah, that's solid, dude. That's a solid. Because answer. there are some very odd images in this that eerie that like it could fuck you up. Mm-hmm. I I see how it could. Not me, yeah. but. You know, I mean, people are scared of the weirdest shit, and some people scare very easily. There's some weird. I could things. see daughters being afraid of this movie. Just still. that, just that fucking yeah. Especially just the scene where he's rock, rocking a dead body, or the cat's licking a dead body with a bag on it. Like that might fuck somebody up. Yeah, that's young. But 14 is a good one, so that way you can understand and you can kind of appreciate the nostalgia of it. Like I said before, so I think that's a pretty solid one to go with. 14. So you heard it here, folks. If you have kids. And you want to watch Black Christmas? If they're fourteen, they should be okay. But if you want to go younger, that's completely up to you. I don't care yeah. what you do. Yeah, I'm just here to get guide you. That's well, that's good stuff. That's good great stuff, stuff as always. Good stuff as always. I mean, sure. we're laying out the whole fundamentals of a film here. Yes, we are. Now I have some a little bit of sad news for all you boys and girls. Now don't hate me. Okay, do please not, don't hate me. Please don't hate me. But I've been fucking your mamas lately. <laughs> so this is going to be the last episode, not of the season, of course, but there's going to be a two-week break here, I believe, until you get a new episode of the Sloppy Horror Podcast. reason is, is I'm going on vacation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you want to bitch about it, fuck off. I only get one vacation a year, and it's at the end of the year, and I'm sorry. 
No, look, folks. But I'm going to go on vacation. But until then, I am sure that your favorite podcast host, Christian Ramey, is going to do something. He's on TikTok going live all the time. I'm sure he's going to do a YouTube live. He might do more watch parties for you all. There's plenty of things that he can do to keep you company. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's going to bother me while I'm on the beach Mm -hmm. trying to figure something out on the computer, which is so simple to do, but he can't figure it out because he's not a producer. So, well, and and here's the thing, too. Like, on some of the episodes, I definitely could do some basic editing, not to the level Ozark can, but I do have programs that I could do some basic editing where I don't feel like I'm... And luckily, we're not recording in a tin fucking, you know, so we're not going to do any... I won't do any movie structure episodes, but I'll give you some entertainment for a week or two, something fun to keep you guys going. But, Ozark, don't feel guilty for a vacation. Folks, until you, until you guys, you know, all of you, we love you so much, but until we have... You know, until the show grows to a point where our vacations are getting paid for through scary movies, you know, they won't always affect our schedule. But, you know, we do need a little break from time to time. But I will be here to deliver. And once Ozark's back, you know, he's going to crush it. He's going to crush it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I plan on, um, I am uh, taking on the T-shirt process here. I am going to be taking that on. Yeah. I'm going to be designing at least... 10 to 15 shirts minimum until I stop. I'm going to get that. I'm going to have some beanies. I'm going to have some fuck, I don't know, socks. Yeah. I can, I don't know. Underwear. All kinds of there's bandanas. Gonna, bandanas. Okay. There's going to be sloppy what... bandanas. And there's also going to be a little bit for the ladies. We're going to, I'm introducing a whole line of the sloppy horror section. That's right. Mm-hmm. And how do I know I'm going to make stuff good? Because I have a wife that will tell me what the broads like and what to make. Yep. She's got great ideas, so we're, there's going to be stuff for the broads, too. Now, it's not going to come out right away. This shit takes time, okay? This shit ain't easy. I'm not a fucking idiot. But I'm working on that, so keep an eye out for that, too. Yes. Once I get back from vacation, once I clear my head, masturbate a bunch in the sand, I'll be okay. Yep. You know. That's what's going to happen, yeah. all right? That's what's going to happen. But, folks, I need you guys to do us all a favor. If you love the show, if you support the show, be sure to follow us on all platforms, our social platforms, Um sloppy horror podcast so you could be up on any kind of news that way if i do decide to have some watch parties or you know maybe once we do get merch going i'm sure from time to time we might have a raffle a giveaway whatever and you guys won't be able to hear that if uh you don't follow us on our socials so you know what you need to do while i'm gone what you need to get me a thousand followers on tiktok okay so that you can live stream with me while i'm drunk on the beach yeah that'd be fun that would be pretty fucking fun Mm-hmm. That, that would be, be pretty fun. fun. I think I'm at like 190. Yep. <laughs> so, so, folks, yeah, make sure you do that. All you guys out there, follow us on all our platforms. It helps out big time. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much. We hope you have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you do, I hope it's fun. I hope it's fun. Play Black Christmas at your uh, family get-together do it they'll love it yeah you know how they got like jingle bells and you know whatever fuck that turn on black christmas it's free the best thing about black christmas right now is it's on almost everything right now that's free it's on peacock Tubi, uh the other one shutter shutter well that's not free but yeah no but yeah it's on shutter it's on there's another one that's free that i don't even know what the hell it is but it's on there so you can find it no matter what you want just play black christmas at your family get together while everybody's opening presents you just got a girl dead in the attic that'd be fucking great i feel like we've given you guys some bangers for the month though like we've given you check this out 
Uh. We got The Thing, uh. Gremlins, uh. Black Christmas. These uh. are great fucking horror movies for this time of year. Oh, absolutely. And I and, and wait till you see the theme that we're coming back with and we're sticking to. So once you guys uh, should be excited. We got big stuff coming. So keep your ear to the track and and. Don't worry, folks. I'll have something on, on Mondays for you guys to, to entertain and crush through a little bit <laughs> throughout your day. Um, Trust me. He just sits down here and talks to himself, so he's just going to turn the mic on and see what happens. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me hard. Goodbye, horses. All right. That's enough of that, everybody. Merry fucking Christmas. And if you're listening to this episode past Christmas, you know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And if you're listening past that, Fucking happy St. Patrick's Day. I ain't celebrating Valentine's Day. Fuck that. Nah. All right, I'm clicking the thing here. Everybody, I love you. Goodbye. Click it. Click it.